Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research-based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. Welcome back to Life Simplified. This month, we've been talking about all things summertime, vacations and staycations and meals while you're traveling. Today, we're going to talk about boredom and that lovely phrase that we hear, I mean, not very often, I'm sure, but I'm bored. So what do we do when our children say, I'm bored? Go clean your room. <laughs> How does that work? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So how many times a day do you hear I'm bored? Multiple times per day. Like, I was trying to think. I don't think I've heard it yet today, but multiple times yesterday, especially as the day wore on. Like later in the afternoon, early evening, we were so bored. We couldn't find anything to do with all the 10 million options we had. Yeah. All right, Amanda, you've probably not heard I'm bored yet. No, I have not. Luckily, um, my son's about a year and a half old, so we're not there yet. Not yet. I do hear it from my husband, though, sometimes. Mm-hmm. More in the winter than the summer. Okay. But, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe some of these tips will work for him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll go through Maybe if see. he's listening, he can pick up on something. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe he can find a tip in here. Does this sound fun? That's right. Boredom for spouses and children. (laughs) And Joni, your kiddos are grown, but you, I'm expecting to give us lots of tips because you've already been through this. Yes, I have been through this. (laughs) And sometimes I still do hear it, you know, but... Today, we will talk about some ways to help our children combat boredom, and we will talk about ways that we can, quote unquote, entertain our children and do things together, as well as setting them up for independent play. Because I am a firm believer that we should not be entertaining our children all the time. So when you, I don't want to turn everybody off of this podcast by thinking, she's going to tell me ways to entertain my children. I need, I need them to entertain themselves. Yes, we're, we're going to go over both because it is summer. You are, you're probably thinking about things to do together as a family, as well as children entertaining themselves. So we're going to go with both. Before we dive in, let's take a look at boredom. Boredom can actually improve mental health. We live in a world right now with an overwhelming amount of technology. There's a screen for everything these days, it seems like. And we have all kinds of information at our fingertips. There's all kinds of distractions. Taking a break until you are bored is actually a sign that your brain is relaxing. So boredom is good for adults too, not just children. Boredom sparks creativity. And learning to endure boredom early in life is great preparation for developing those self-control skills, such as regulating your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. And one of the things that I read in a parenting book was to really put a positive spin on boredom. So when a child comes to you and says, I'm bored, then you're responding with something along the lines of, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear what you figure out to do. What are you going to do with that? 
And I have tried that. I've tried that on the youngest. How'd it go? Well, you know, the first time she was completely ready and she looked at me and said, I'm bored. And I was like, you are so lucky. That's so awesome. I cannot wait to for you to tell me what you figure out to do. And she said, well, what? <laughs> and I said, I know you're such a great problem solver. Like you're so creative. Like you're going to have time to be creative. I'm going to go get ready. And so I just walked away. She is nine. She's capable of being, I can leave her in a room by herself. So, and I came back and she was still curled up in the floor in the same place that I left her. And she appeared to be sleeping. She wasn't, but she just laid there. So I guess that was what she wanted to do. And but now, when she says I'm bored, I just kind of like look at her, and I'm about to open my mouth, and she said, "I know, I know. <laughs> it sparks creativity." <laughs> so. I love that though, because we are so um, overstimulated as a population. We constantly have things coming at us, one thing after another, and so we're not good at sitting still and being alone with our thoughts and our feelings um, and just kind of being still. Like we, we aren't trained on how to do that. And you'll notice even if you're in a room full of adults, silence makes people extremely uncomfortable. They cannot sit in it for very long at all. It's actually a strategy that I use in therapy sessions sometimes. If you ask uh, a question or if they say something or just I'll let us sit in silence for a while. And a lot of people within a few seconds will be like, oh, wait, I got to say something. We got to talk about something. But really just being able to be quiet and to think um, is good because we don't typically know how to identify what we're feeling or what our desires are. And so if I'm bored and I sit with it for a second, then I can start identifying, like, how am I feeling? What is it that would be um, a good creative outlet for me? Just like you talked like now you have opportunity to choose something that you feel will like enhance your day and will enhance this time that you found yourself with freedom. And so I love that you put that in there because it, it is really important to our mental health to, to not constantly have something on the agenda. Okay, so I told you what I did whenever my child said that she was bored. Anybody have anything else that they tend to do or they have done, whether it worked well or not? I would always just say, go clean your room. You got plenty of things in there to do. Go figure out something because you can go outside and play. You know, mm -hmm. there's other things that you can do besides sitting here telling me that you're bored. Yes. Yeah. I will typically throw out a few options. Like, have you thought about this? Have you done this today? And a lot of times I'll be like, no, it's the worst thing ever. You know, like at the moment, none of those things sound good. I think it's more of like, I just want to complain. And I really think a lot of times in in those moments when nothing you're suggesting seems to, to fit, it's more of they want you to fix it for them. And I am not by nature like I'm going to go fix this. So I'm not going to be an entertainer. And I'll let them know I'm sorry that you're bored. You're going to have to go figure it out. I've given you some options. You have choices. It's up to you to decide what you're going to do from here. Um, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing to come entertain or to come do this, something for you when you can make that decision in this moment. Well, one thing that can be helpful when your child says, I'm bored, or when you're just trying to figure out something for them to do, whether it is you as a family or independent play, make a list of your child's favorite activities. And this is something that you can do together. Depending on the age of your child, you may be helping them with this. They may be creating one on their own. 
maybe you would even want to set it up as a challenge for them, depending on their personality. I can see this being like, let's see how many things you can name that you could do when you were bored and see how many they could come up with. So I like we, that. And yeah. another thing that I like to do with all, all kinds of different things is do an alphabet list where you try to name something with each letter of the alphabet. And then you know you're going to have the, this full list by the time you're done. And you can get really creative because everything has to be a little bit different. And I think you can do it with this or you can do it with all kinds of, of things as well. But that just kind of seems like a good spot for that if you're challenging them. Like, here, take the ABCs and what are activities you enjoy that you could do when you're feeling bored. So for me, I don't have a child that says I'm bored, but um, yet (laughs) it's probably coming in like six months. Who knows? But um, I do try to come up with different things that we can do, whether it's like on a long weekend or things when we're home all day, because he does go to daycare and I go to work and um, usually winding down in the afternoons. There's not a lot of time, but I try to find things that we can do together or things he can do on his own to develop those gross motor skills or just to help him learn other than turning on a TV or something so I can get some things done. So I do, I know some people are like the Pinterest mom, but there are some like mm-hmm. even just using like cling wrap on the wall with some markers or erasables or just stick balls to, you know, the wall and just simple things that develop those skills that can keep him entertained while I'm doing something else. Um, I just try to keep a tally or a list or some list. I mean, I do have a Pinterest board um, just of easy do-it-yourself uh, things that um, that I can do that I can pull out of the cabinets and make him play independently. Yeah, I think that's great too, though, because a lot of the things you said are cost effective you know they're not mm-hmm. they're not expensive and we spend so much time on toys and activities um, for our kids when we could be creative like that because half the time they open it up and they play with the box longer than they play whatever's inside of it so if we use things we already have at home we're saving money and they're still getting that same stimulation for sure and when you're thinking about these activities don't rely on your child to just keep them in their brain and remember them And don't rely on yourself to just keep it in your brain and remember it. Your brain is probably as overloaded as all of ours are. But write them down. Make that actual list. And then post it up where they can see it, where you can see it, so that you could direct them to it at that time. And maybe you're thinking of a couple of different lists, which we all know I'm a list maker, so... Come look at my house. There's all kinds of lists. We have a morning routine and an afternoon routine and a play alone time and together time. We've got all the lists. But maybe you do have different lists. If if that's your thing, you can join me. It's my thing. But one one of things that you can do together, one of things that are more play alone activities, ones that avoid screens. There's lots of different options there, but The main thing is write it down and post it where you can see it. An independent play would be them playing on their own. Independent play, you want things to be age appropriate. My child is nine. She can be, she can play in her room by herself. So when you're thinking independent play, Amanda mentioned that her son does engage in independent play, but that doesn't mean that he's not right there with her so that she can see him and keep an eye on him. She's just not engaging with him at that moment. 
So now let's think about some activities that might be on your child's list of things to do if they were going to play by themselves. So my oldest is, of course, older. He's a teenager, but I think still we all get bored. So things that he would do would be like, you know, going outside and doing basketball drills or just shooting around by himself, maybe riding his four-wheeler around on the farm, just doing some of those things. A lot of times getting outside, he's pretty good about that. And so I can't, I can't complain about that at all. My daughter, she will maybe read, but she likes to do more like arts and crafts types things. Um, she likes to do her makeup just for fun, then clean it off and she'll dress up. You know, she just kind of does a little bit of every she's kind of in that in-between world between being a little girl and being a teenager and so she's kind of doing a mix of all the things right now and then um, I mean I think could totally see her dance partying where she might drag me into the dance party possibly and then my youngest he's really just now getting excited about reading because he's really getting a little more proficient at it and so he can do it more on his own and so he's just starting to read some little chapter books and getting excited about that so reading's been big for him lately he also still really likes like his cars and trucks to just kind of play and imagine with that and then I think for all of my kids um, building blocks and Legos and things like that have always been a huge independent play kind of thing that they can do um and I think that even grows with you because even my teenager like there's bigger sets that are like themed to the things you're into and can have you know tens of thousands of pieces and kind of be more of like a challenge so things like that are things that are on my kids list of course I do try to the outside is big but we, we live on a farm so we have more options than some other people might have but I think being able to get them in and out of the house doing things is helpful yeah, when my children was younger, you know, they liked, they actually liked playing together, all three of them together. And, but Legos was a really big thing for my boys because they could take, you know, this one thing and make several different things with it in that. And so that challenge, they like to have that as well. Also board games. They oh, love yeah. to play board games together. And they honestly still love to play board games together. I love playing board games too. My husband, not so much. So all of us will, you know, from time to time before there is play, but trying to keep them off that screen time as well, um, especially when they're younger and that is sometimes really hard to do but there is activities that they can do outside my boys used to love riding their bikes you know or going in the woods and just seeing what was in there exploring and that so my daughter also she would would play with her makeup and stuff like that and so she's almost about the same as you Mm -hmm. Tiffany but you know there are all kinds of different things that each children are different Mm -hmm. far as to do and just need to remember just because one child doesn't like to do that doesn't mean another child doesn't. So they may have multiple different things that they need to do separately, you know, or they can come together and do together. So it's okay if they have different things of interest that they like to do. Mine really likes to play with Play-Doh and kinetic sand and slime, which slime is its own its own thing in it's itself. all forbidden oh, in my house all of those things have been on the do not buy list <laughs> so i'm that you, mom well hey if you have no experience with any of those things then just you know keep going like don't worry about bringing them into your house but i'm just saying that mine was introduced to slime we do not have carpet and but it can only be used in one area of the house or outside preferably outside but outside that, that's never the thing mm-hmm. that happens so but she loves slime and 
I keep telling myself that it's it's eventually not going to be a thing anymore. She's not going to love it forever. And she can play with it in this location because it has gotten on a couple of things. So if you're not familiar with slime, it can be messy. So I'm not telling you to go buy any. They don't even ask anymore. My kid's like, no, like this is a no-go. And and I will preface this by saying I didn't immediately say no to this. We had we had some incidents. Yes. Things happened. I've seen things. I can't go back now. And we just it you don't don't put slime on as a scarf. It doesn't come out of hair. Oh no. So I'm just saying it's it's yes. on it's on the ban list. It can't happen. Um, and you have to let the grandparents know that too. And you'd be like, you buy it, it's staying at your house. Yes, because I've been there and done that, and I can't. I, I think I'm scarred a little bit. I get it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. If you have no experience, then don't don't. But don't definitely outside. Them. Yeah, outside. Definitely not outside. Too bad. Not too bad at all. Well, I'll remember that for future no slum. Yeah. Yeah. The other items she said, like I still don't love them, but like. Play-Doh and the sand. Yeah, and we've all done that. the sand before. Yeah, especially that bad. magnetic sand. Yeah, like that's super sand. cool. I like yeah, that. It's um, not bad. It, I'd say of the three, that's what I'm the most pro. But the slime, I just, oh, I get it. It I doesn't. Get it. It's just, I mean, it's getting close. We've had a couple. We've had a couple. It of stains things. everything. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> if that's a thing, that's just one of the things on my child's list. So I'm not advocating for it to be on yours. But one thing that she enjoyed doing when she was younger, and occasionally we can still get her to do this if we kind of mention it and be like, hey, I haven't done this in a while. Do you want to try that? But she used to love to read to her stuffed animals and any of the dolls that she had. Even before she could actually read, she would get her books out and she would just talk to them and pretend like she was reading because she didn't know what the words were. But she used to really enjoy that. So that's something fun. And she loves the Legos and building things. And she she kind of likes puzzles. And if she can have the patience to do a puzzle by herself. Usually she likes help with that and I'm not the puzzle one. So we've come up with some ideas for things to do for the child to have on their list for independent play, but what about some together time? What are some things that you could do when you've got a little bit of extra time and you're trying to think of something that wouldn't necessarily involve you leaving the house or you don't want to get packed up to go anywhere. You don't have that much time, but you've got time to just do something around the house that would be cost-effective, wouldn't cost you a lot of money. What might be on that list? We've got a few games that are fun. Usually like a, like a card-based game, like maybe like an Uno, or there's one that's got some kind of like, I, I can't remember, it's like pizza, cat, something. Oh, I yes. Taco, cat, Taco, goat, ca- cheese, pizza. Yes. So that one, it's it's a good time, let me tell you. My, I'm not great at it, but it's a good time. But um, we've also played Foursquare, which was not a game that I knew, but my kids would go to a day camp in the summer and they would play Foursquare there. And so they came home and like literally all you need is some chalk to like mark off the four squares and then a ball. And then as long as you have four people to play, it's, you know, you kind of just rotate in and out. It's, it's pretty fun. I'm sure you can look up how to play this game, but it's a good outdoor activity. Doesn't have a lot of inputs, not super expensive, but it's funny and it's a good time and it's good for like multiple ages because like I have a little one all the way up to adults and we all enjoy it. So it it's, you know, 
all across the board if you're having a hard time finding things for everyone to enjoy together. And also like, so video games are not something that we necessarily always advocate, but we like to play games we can play like together as a family. And so sometimes we like to do like racing games and things like that. And that can be fun to do if we're all doing it and using it as interactive time together instead of it just being one person staring at the screen alone for a long time. But I think some of those... Some of those things are good. Um, we, we do some other things, but maybe not. Like when we were on vacation, we'd, we played beach volleyball together. And that was, I mean, that was fun. And none of us knew what we were doing. And I bruised my hand because I'm terrible, apparently. But it was fun. And we were all terrible together. So, you know, why not? Another thing is, it, especially now Amanda's got a little, but uh, as they get older, you could do cooking together you know making a meal together or just you know just making cookies or something being together or having them watch you while you cook and talking to them about in that if they're not old enough really to like use a knife or anything like that so and one of we made a summer bucket list a few days ago and one of the things that my youngest put on her summer bucket list was she wanted to learn to cook and I'm not exactly Mm -hmm. sure what she wants to learn to cook because she does help me occasionally but that was on her list and then she actually very specifically said that she wants to learn how to make my mom's rolls okay she said i think she said her famous rolls nice so that i was like okay we're gonna write that down she can teach us both because i can't make them either but cooking's a great one and cooking is all ages and Mm -hmm. a skill that they're going to need eventually definitely um hiking also i think is a good one that's like doesn't really cost you anything you may have to drive somewhere if you don't have anywhere right around your house but once you get there it should be free we play hide and seek <laughs> peekaboo. yeah yes. we do peekaboo we do hide and seek um just little simple things like that we have well my friend calls it the water park we have outside in our yeah. yard but we have the little pool and the splash mm-hmm. pad and so we'll all go out and and do some things like that one thing we all kind of like to do which is fun is the sensory we have like a sensory box and so we all we just kind of get together and um he'll just kind of dig stuff out and of course we're making sure he doesn't eat things he's not supposed to be eating but um you know it's just, just small little things the simple things um i think go a long way just sitting down and doing it together mm-hmm. uh, my son loves to read he loves to be read to and sometimes he'll be independently flipping through books in his room but every afternoon we'll sit down and either my husband will read or i'll read to him and we're kind of all together just kind of listening to the story Those are all great ideas. One thing that we like to do is karaoke. And this is something that my daughter and I do. My husband does not usually participate in this. But he he will walk through and just kind of give us the side eye. But we turn on on YouTube and just type in karaoke songs. And she picks a song and then I pick a song. And... We sing together. We sing separate. It's just a a big thing. And she loves it. She has a great time. She's got a a cute little voice. Mine, I'm not going to say mine's a cute little voice by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't mind. I'm just going to belt it out anyway. So, but that's something fun that we like to do. And we like to do partner yoga. We can do different poses and we have had to we we've kind of got them down now but at the beginning we would pull up a video on youtube and watch it and then we would pause it and try the move and well and just going to a local park yes because you may like you mentioned going on the hike you may have to drive there but 
um, if you're living in a city or somewhere where you don't live on a farm, you can't just go outside like, you know, I've mentioned before. But, you know, a lot of parks have trails or they have, you know, just playground equipment. You can take a picnic or something that you can do as a family. Take a ball, you know, do whatever that may be. Frisbee, kite, um, some things. Uh, that's just something simple that you may not have to spend a lot on but can do together as a family. Speaking of a ball, one of the best investments that I made for one of the preschool programs that I offer on a monthly basis are the ball pit balls. Mm. Oh, yeah, we have those. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I bring them out for almost every play date that we have here at the office, and they are the biggest hit. And we do a lot of different things with them, so that might be worth the investment depending on the age of your child. I think we've come up with some really good ideas. I want to talk a little bit more about independent play because this may be this may be a new concept. Independent play is important for our children and we want to be able to encourage that in a positive way. So here are just a couple of tips if this is fairly new or if you are working towards independent play because your child would like for you to play with them all the time. These tips come from pathways.org and pbs.org, so feel free to check those out for the full article. But number one, just start by observing. You don't necessarily have to leave the room. Just observe and try not to offer any input. Maybe you need to set a timer and say, we're going to play, you're going to play this for five minutes, and then we'll do something else. So start small and build up from there. As appropriate for the child's age, let them have a separate space. So maybe they have a space that is child safe, age appropriate, and that it's not something that you were in with them all the time. Depending on the age of your child, you probably want to have them within eyesight, but can they have a place where that is their space? Ask them about their experience after they are done playing. And sometimes that's hard for me Even though I really want to encourage that independent play and I really like it when my child has independent playtime, sometimes I'll think of something and I'll be like, oh, well, I'm just going to go say this real quick because it's on my mind. But then that's interrupting them when they're doing something that they're enjoying. So if you can hold that question until after or hold that thought until they're done, then that helps them really fully immerse. Choose age-appropriate toys and choose those ones that can be used in different ways. I think Amanda was talking about blocks. You can do all kinds of different things with blocks. They're not just one, they're not a toy that you have to do any certain way. And then manage your expectations. Also one that I have trouble with. But managing your expectations in what would be age appropriate for your child. You can't expect a toddler to play by themselves for two hours. Stay positive and keep your child informed as they need to be. So some children really like structure and they need to know how long they need to be playing or how long it's going to be till you're going to do something with them. I think on that one, like letting them know like kind of what this is what I'll be doing. This is when we're going to do this. That works really well too as they get older um, because what I'm finding with mine as they are more independent and they're like making choices to do more independent things letting them know like, okay, I'm going to go in here and make dinner. I need you to be back inside the house in an hour so that we can have a meal as a family and I'm not looking for you or coming to get you. Or also sometimes um, I work from home and so I need to go in my office and I need to shut the doors and I have to let them know, hey, I'm going in here. I have to work for a little while. I need it to be quiet. So I'm not shutting you out, but I'm going to need 45 minutes 
and then I'll come back out and check on you. We can do what we need to do or, or whatever the rest of the plan is for the day. But I think as adults, we like to know what's coming next. And for kids, like that's really important. Like this is part of our routine and maybe this is a little different today, but I'm going to need you to have this amount of time to entertain yourself. And I'm going to be doing this thing, entertaining myself. And then we're going to come back together and go forward from there. And I think that's really helpful for my child in particular. Mm-hmm. She's very much an extrovert. She gets her energy from being around people. I'm an introvert. I need that space alone. And so I have to explain to her that this is this is self-care for me. I'm going to go in this room and I'm going to read for 15 minutes mm-hmm. without people talking to me. And then I'm coming back out. We're going to have playtime. We're going to do things together. We're going to eat a meal as a family. We're going to do these things. But I need to have this time. You know, that's funny that you said that. It made me think about um, yesterday, I was wanting to finish a book that I was reading. And I was so close to the end. I was just like kind of ready. And um, I'd been doing some things around the house with my kids and my husband. And my youngest, I think he said, I'm bored. And and at first I was like, well, you can watch a show because you've not watched a show today. And he was like, well, what do I watch? And we kind of had that conversation. And then I go, you know what? mommy's going to go in the office and I have two really comfy chairs in my office. And so I also use it as a reading nook. And so I was like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to read. Would you like to grab one of your new books you've been reading and bring it and sit in the other chair and we can, we can be in the reading room together. And so he did, he went and got his book and it was, it was nice because we were together, but we were also doing our own thing, but it was also encouraging him to have that independence, but I'm in there with him and we're reading, we're doing something that's productive and that we both can enjoy, but we can enjoy it side by side, even if we're not talking. Yeah, that's a great point. And you mentioned something about it being a routine, mm-hmm. making it. Yeah. And if you make independent play part of your everyday routine, then it's it's not it's not a fight, and you don't want it to be a fight. You want it to be a positive experience. You're getting an opportunity to do what you would like to do mm-hmm. with your toys, and so maybe that means that you have a special independent play basket that those toys come out when it's time for them to play by themselves and maybe if your child is younger like Amanda's then you're leaving interesting items in their area so that they can find them Mm -hmm. and then try to figure out what to do with them and then really important and this would be this is really hard for me but avoid rushing in to fix it for your child when they say that they're bored you may, you may be able to offer them a couple of choices or direct them to their list of I'm bored, but try to avoid fixing it and telling them what they should do. Give them time to work it out and be creative. Yeah, I think anytime we can give children choices, it gives them a level of control over what, what they're doing, over their body, over the activities they're participating in. And as a child, you don't have a lot of control over anything in your environment or your schedule or what you're doing. That's kind of always dictated to you. And so I think anytime you can give choices, if even if it's like, okay, these are two outfits, which one would you like to wear? You get to pick. Or here are two sides with your dinner. Which one do you want? And, you know, it, it can be simple. And obviously, you're going to make two choices that you're okay with in the long run that are going to work out, not just, you know, something off the wall, but that still gives them the final say and the opportunity to make that decision for themselves. And I think in play, that's good too. You know, like, well, here are some options. What do you want to do? And then they can feel like they ultimately made that choice. 
I think we've had really good discussion today and given some ideas for things to do, not only as a family, but also to help foster independent play among children of lots of different ages. If you have any other ideas, things that you do at your home, feel free to reach out to us and tell us about those. We have a Facebook page, Life Simplified Podcast, that we'll be posting information throughout the week we would love to hear feedback and we also have an email life simplified podcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you thanks for listening to life simplified we are family and consumer sciences agents with the university of kentucky cooperative extension service contact us at life simplified podcast at gmail.com